This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Give away what you need the most and it fills you up. And watch how many people will listen to you and learn from you and their ideas may change. Find a partner. Don't look away. We don't do this enough. Welcome to Fill in the Blanks. This week, we continue the conversation with a focus group of USC students. Last week, I explained everything that we were covering. Just to recap it, Dr. Frank Luntz invited me to be part of a symposium on how we can communicate more effectively, especially regarding political issues. We took a look at how young people can work on their communication skills. Now, we did that by bringing together about 40 students from USC, half of them left-leaning, half of them right-leaning. Our objective was to get the divisiveness to lay down and get the open-mindedness to take over. There's going to be a special guest who's going to come out and participate in this conversation with me. Hey, guys. So what do I have to do to get that kind of reaction? That's... You have to get taller. He's here because he understands human behavior and he wanted to hear you all speak and communicate. You and I should do an exercise for them. Let's do it. Uh, and it's called A to Z. I'm gonna do the Democratic side, you're gonna do the Republican side. Anyone can see that the Republican party is the party of the rich. Better choices can lead people to a better way of life. Can you understand that that Republicans don't believe in choices? Just look at abortion. Don't you acknowledge that choices are everyone's opportunity to express free will? Killing opportunity is what the Republicans do by giving tax breaks to the rich and punishing everybody else. Leaving this in other people's lap is not the answer. My family was privileged. So many families aren't. And I want to know what Republicans are gonna do for those families. Never live your life looking over your shoulder. There's a reason the rear view mirror is this big and the windshield is this big. That's really good. You had the White House, the House and the Senate for two years. And all you managed to do is give millionaires and billionaires the tax cut. But what did you do for the average American to help their lives? Zero if you're measuring it by what you have been given. Plenty if you measure it by opportunities that were put out in front of you to embrace. Guy, you're fucking awesome. You know that. <laughs> I'm gonna ask Democrats, give me a word or phrase to describe Republicans. Fiery. Nationalist. Emotional. Responsible. Conservative. Prejudiced. Word or phrase to describe Democrats. Sensitive. Emotional. Naive. Young. Activists. Sensors. What's the environment for Republicans on college campuses? I would say it's uh, 
not as welcoming. I can't even wear my GOP shirt on campus without people coming up to me, kind of yelling at me. Frightening. Uh, Frightening. Frightening. Why? If you announce to others that you are a Christian, that you believe in Christ and you have a faith, you are in a way looked down upon because Democrats generally will argue about is that you are against people who identify as homosexual or non-heterosexual and it feels like you're targeted. I have firsthand experienced some of the biggest I, atrocities is basically the word I would use to describe coming from the USC GOP, calling women who've had abortions murderous whores. So for you to say that you're terrified to be on campus as a Republican, I'm terrified to be on campus with individuals who think this way. I've experienced it myself from your members last year. One of them made fun of me, called me Kamala because I am outspoken. I think the characterization of fearful was accurate. I got canceled online. I got sent messages by people I did not know on Instagram calling me a racist, sexist, homophobe, all these things, people who I don't even know. They don't even know me. Sometimes we need to stop and think about really the impact of what we're doing on someone that we don't even know. But when you look people in the eye, it changes the way we feel sometimes. We don't regard each other in a human way. Now, in the second part of this, we address being canceled on campus. We talk about how we need to focus on winning an argument versus solving a problem. Because right now, I believe people go into a lot of these exchanges with the objective to win the argument when what we need to be focused on is how to come together and solve a problem that we share. These problems are common. Both sides agree there's a problem, and we're not working together to solve it. We're trying to win our side of the argument. And that puts everything in a win-lose scenario. And when you put things in a win-lose scenario, it really comes out lose-lose. You don't ever want to be in a win-lose situation because now you've got somebody feeling like a loser. And that brings up resentment, it brings up retaliation, and it creates a greater divide. You want situations to be win-win. And that means making sure the other side gets as much of what they want as they possibly can without giving away everything that you value. This is doable. I'm also going to get experiential here and get these kids up out of their chairs, on their feet, and interacting with each other in a structured way. And I think you're going to see a major shift in attitude and the vibe in the room. We're also going to give some words of advice, some things that we think these kids can use, and I say kids because they're all way younger than me and Frank, but these young people, these bright, intelligent, educated young people, what they can do, and we're going to focus on the power of language, linguistics, and how words have so much baggage that they can be outcome determinative without you meaning for that impact to take place. And we're going to talk about all the things that people have questions about, asking each other and asking us about what they think is important 
and how they can approach certain things. And we give them some advice that all the room was nodding their head about and agreeing, yeah, you know what? If we embrace that, we could start leading change. So I got to tell you, I came away from there feeling a lot more optimistic than I did going in, and I am an incurable optimist to begin with. If you missed the first part, go back and look and then see what we did this week. I think you're going to be really, really inspired by these young people. How many of you were punished by a professor or canceled by a club, something significant, because your point of view was not the same as the professor's point of view or the same as a group of students' point of view? Who's actually faced it in this room? Raise your hands. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Same number of Republicans and Democrats. Five Republicans, four Democrats. So what's the problem? The example of the, the, the bill in uh, Florida denying all government, all the state uh, advantages that the Disney had. I think it's a difference when a company is using, where, where they're getting, they're essentially living in Florida's house. They're, they gave them a seat in, in, in the house and then they're gonna go in to interfere with something that actually isn't even based out of their state. They're, it's a California company. So guess what? They, you, you go, ahead, go ahead and bite the hand that feeds you, it's gonna pull back. I don't consider that canceling. I consider it, hey, you know, get what, get what you got going to you. So you started to laugh at him, which is something that you all mentioned before. I know he wasn't telling a joke. Why were you laughing? No, uh, I was laughing at Christian's enthusiasm. <laughs> Corporations should not be retaliated against for expressing views on issues by government actors financially in order to corral them onto their side in a culture war. Which you used to believe. This is a Republican point of view that a Democrat is articulating. I am saying that having the Lieutenant Governor of Florida go on the air and openly admit it was a quid, it's a quid pro quo, of them breaking from the Republicans on this issue and then having Disney be punished by the Republican Party for expressing a socially or culturally different view in order to threaten other companies into falling in line with them. That type of regulation comes straight out of platforms similar to the Italian fascist platform. Absolutely. Do, do you actually not mean liberal. that? It's an Italian fascism. Italian fascism. Is that the words you want to say in a discussion like this? Or do you want to take it back? I'm asking you a specific question, Italian fascism. I'm a language guy. Do you want to accuse them of that? Yes no, or no? it was a simile. I didn't say it was. You said it was okay, like fine. it is illiberal and goes against free exchanges of ideas. Then why did you use that term? Because corporatism is used historically by Latin American fascist governments. Once again, with the fascism term. I'm not saying this as an insult. I'm did you use that phrase? Did you not? We can play the tape back. I play the tape back. I didn't call him a fascist. You said it was like fascism, like Italian fascism. Yeah, I'm sticking by it. My point is correct. <laughs> I'm saying that policy is similar to policies that were in, for example, the Italian fascist platform meant to corral the business community onto one political side. If you got something to say to him, say it. Stop doing it through Last him. How do you want to respond to him? 
Go ahead. As someone who's not a part of either the USC GOP or uh, the Democratic Club, like I know Dr. Phil, big fan, by the way. You're <laughs> um, I know that you said that you found this to be respectful, but for me personally, like to use Colby's word, this is kind of horrifying. Like this doesn't seem to be like a politics issue. It seems like you guys just fundamentally don't like each other as people. It seems like this is going beyond your political beliefs and is really being like an assault on, on both sides of your characters. Is this not an example of passion? No, it goes beyond passion. I'm confident in that. I know what I'm saying. Do you, do you buy this? Well, by the way, I said that before we started using similes like Italian fascism. <laughs> <laughs> There's no point to using words like that on both sides other than trying to get your point across. Why do you think people on this side are this passionate or post-passionate to the point of like what you believe is aggression and anger? And I, I fully will believe and understand that because yeah, some of what's happened to you, what you've been explaining sounds fucking horrifying. Sorry, it's horrifying <laughs> and that sucks. But why do you think people have this response towards conservative politics when we feel the exact same way about conservative politics, that we feel that we're getting this response from conservative people? I, I don't think it's so much a political issue. Like yes, politics got radicalized on both sides, yes but it's a generational issue. We have the attention span worse than a goldfish. People cannot even watch a 15 second TikTok. I'm surprised everyone is still here, right? <laughs> How can people actually engage in a conversation that, you know, it's for two hours, if we can't even watch a 15 second TikTok? It's a generational issue. I think that this conversation has brought out some of the worst in both sides in vocabulary, but also just in where both sides are getting pretty riled up, right? And that's just not my experience with Republicans on campus. And I really hope that that's not your overall experience with Democrats on campus. I mean, I hope, I think I'm getting to know everybody and I'm feeling a lot more empathetic towards your point of view. Can I respond to that? Uh, but I want Dr. Oh yeah, let Dr. Go. Phil go first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering, are you trying to win an argument, make your point and get it across, bang, 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 or are you trying to solve a problem, reach a common ground? Because I felt like for a while there was some problem solving going on, and then I think it deteriorated into trying to win an argument. Were you trying to win an argument or were you trying to solve a problem? Uh, I think we try to win arguments as trying to, as part of trying to solve a larger problem. His point is important. The best thing that you all have done on this side is that you ask questions, because that will both through the question, you get a better understanding of where they come from, and in the way that you frame the question, you're boxing them in a little bit. So you're doing both at the same time, but you're giving them the chance to be heard. And on your side, there are several of you who are really reaching out to that side, who are trying to find that common ground because there's a humanity. My life is about conflict resolution now. And I believe that we are far worse today because of our previous president, and I now say so publicly, because he never saw a conflict he didn't want to engage and provoke and make much, much worse. 
And there was a time when I didn't want to say that because I did not want to get the shit of him and all the people who support him, and it just wasn't worth it. And then I realized the damage that he'd done to you all. There are several people over here. You want them to feel what you felt, but you want to punish them for what you felt as opposed to establish empathy. We don't spend enough time trying to walk in each other's shoes. We don't spend enough time trying to learn each other's challenges. You have been blessed with instant information, instant friendships, instant everything across the globe. And what do you do? You find a reason to beat each other up. But don't we forget that there are people behind these beliefs? Everybody's been sitting for a long time. Can we do like a two-minute exercise? Let me tell you, here's what I want you to do. I want people to pair up in what I call a standing dyad. And there's a rule to this. There can be zero small talk. You can't say anything. Let me have you. And I'll use you as an example. Come right here. And let me have you. Right here. Come on. Okay, this is a standing dyad. You can't say a word. I just want you to get right here and make eye contact. You're in each other's personal space. We got left and right. I just want you to make eye contact. Don't say anything, just look at each other. Now, everybody on the left, everybody on the right, find a partner, no, no, don't talk, just find a partner and get in a standing dyad like this. Okay. <laughs> just make eye contact. Don't say anything. Look each other in the eye. Don't look away. We don't do this enough. And obviously, I'm leaving you here. This is the ultimate pregnant pause. And you probably haven't looked anybody in the eye this much for a long, long time. And realize you're looking at another human being. They have parents. Brothers, sisters, they get up in the morning, they have to decide what to wear, they have to decide what they're going to do. They have fears, prides, thoughts, feelings, just like you do. Okay, A, tap B on the shoulder. There's just two of you, you'll work it out. A, tap B on the shoulder. Okay, now, when I say go, and not until I say go, A, I want you to say one of four things. You're going to say, I trust you, I don't trust you, I don't know if I trust you, or I'd rather not say. Go. All right, B, go. Okay, all right, hold on. Okay, no, no talking. If you are a Republican, if you are on the right side of the room, raise your hand. All right, you on the left, find a new partner right quick. Left, find somebody with one that's got their hand in the air. All right. You should now have a new partner, somebody from the left and somebody from the right. Make eye contact. Look this person in the eye. Consider them as a human being. When I say go, A, I trust you, I don't trust you, I don't know if I trust you, or I'd rather not say. A, go. <laughs> All right, B, go. Okay, if you're from the right, raise your hand. 
left, find a new partner one more time. Eye contact, consider this person. I mean, really. Don't just go through the motions, just think about this person. What did they go through today? Have they lost a loved one lately? Are they having financial trouble? Have they accomplished something great lately? Are they lonely? Did they just get engaged? All right, V, your turn. Go. All right. Okay, everybody have a seat. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street. Essential television. Well, that's just a real simple little experiential exercise. First off, without any structure, what was your reaction? What did you experience? When you were asking the questions about what did they do this morning? Did they lose a loved one? Like all these questions that you might be asking about yourself and things that you might really consider important to yourself, you realize that there's someone behind these political ideals someone that may be dealing with issues that you yourself might be dealing with, and it's not all just about what we disagree on. I completely agree with you. I think it's, I felt very, with each and the three of them, I felt very connected. Um, didn't, wasn't even considering their affiliation or their identity. I just saw a human being and had that empathy. It also made me think that it's a lot harder to say you don't trust someone to someone you're looking straight at, whereas it's so much easier to hide behind a screen and kind of assume things about people when you're looking at them in the face and kind of thinking about these questions, like seeing them as a person. It's a lot different. Yeah. When you were asking me to look at this person and view them as a human being, it was something that I already knew what to do. But at the same time, I also realized that I sometimes personally forget to do that. Yeah. How about you? I just saw everyone as a as a human. Before you ask those questions, you know, and my partners that I, that I had, they can testify to this. It was just we looked at each other, we laughed. You know, there was no there was no tension. There was no, oh, I wanna I wanna strangle this person. Not that I ever feel that way. I'm just saying like it can get to that extreme, right? If if we're pushed to those limits. But here I was with a stranger, laughing, smiling. How'd you decide who was A or B? I just went for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I want to know how many of you were A three times? Three times. Okay, look at this. You guys need to be a little bit more humble. 
you guys need to be A's a little bit more often. But that that's, for me, a holy shit finding. Yeah. yeah. I now want to try this with all of America. <laughs> Watch what's going to happen. I'm going to get arrested by going around A, touch B. <laughs> by a show of hands, who trusted more at the beginning? Raise your hands. By a show of hands, who trusted more at the end? Okay, so why? With the first person, we were told not to talk to one another. So we were quiet. We didn't get to really converse or learn anything until the second time it became more casual. We started talking. And then by the third, I remember I was just, we were just talking and chilling about UFC or something. And so we had that connection. I think the third time, um, our body language, we're more open. So we're kind of just like mimicking each other's body language. So like it makes me feel more at ease and I'm pretty sure it would make the other person feel more at ease. Um, so that's probably why I was a little bit more trusting. Go ahead. The third question, like we really thought about like, did they lose someone? Um, what do they care about? Uh, just like more personal questions that got me thinking. And in my, like in my pair, like we both said we trusted each other. When you look at someone in the eye, I was just intimidated by the commonality as Dr. Phil was posing those questions. And I was kind of imagining them in certain scenarios. And I feel like politics today is a he said, she said game. We're just thinking about our short-term goals, not really thinking about the bigger picture of us as like humans. And we need to live amongst each other with peace and harmony. How did you learn how to do this? Just a, a matter of eye contact with people regarding each other as human beings that has to trump everything else. If you don't start on a human-to-human -human basis, then you're building a house on sand. If you don't treat each other as human beings, then whether it's crime, violence, a mugging, insults, what, whatever kind of disrespect for another person becomes so much easier if you don't regard them personally. And if you do regard them personally, then it's so much harder to disrespect and disregard the worth of that human being. And it's such a fast-paced society that we don't really take time to look at each other and regard each other as human beings. I think that's just so important. So I'm going to give you two pieces of advice. Number one is you really need to show and you really need to mean that you get it, that you understand it. I get that something really bad happened to you but understand why it happened. Second, please don't make a statement, make a difference. My students know I say this all the time and I mean it so much. I actually want you to be successful, but the only way you do so is not by trying to own people or embarrass them or use language to insult them or drive them apart. You should be bear hugging them. You should be pulling them to your side, not pushing them away. Love them more than they love each other. Respect them more than they respect themselves. And watch how many people will listen to you and learn from you, and their ideas may change. What would you give them? I spend a lot of time hearing what isn't said and reading what people say non-verbally. When I saw you talking about your experiences on campus, you know, both sides, you, know, you articulating what you were saying and you, what you were reading and on the screenshots, I felt a lot of pain being experienced. 
I think anytime I see anger, I see hurt, fear, and frustration. You know, if you look past the anger, behind it is hurt, fear, and frustration. I believe in the principle of reciprocity. You get what you give. What you put out in the universe is what comes back. If you look within yourself and give away what you need the most, you'll be amazed how fast you fill yourself up. If you feel marginalized on campus or you feel attacked, reach out to somebody that you know has got to feel that way. Like when he was being attacked, for example, if somebody had gone and say, man, this must really suck for you and I'm sorry about that. I know you're a human being and I love you as a human being. I promise you would have gone home feeling better that day. Give away what you need the most and it fills you up, which kind of goes back to what I was having you do when I was having you look in each other's eyes. The second piece of advice is I really do believe that the job of every one of you in this room is to star in your own life. And you got to ask yourself what kind of star you want to be. Is it inspirational or is it aggressive? What kind of star do you want to be in your own life? I'm so impressed that all of you came here tonight to do this. It just blows my mind that you give a shit enough about this life, this world, where we are right now, that you came here tonight just to talk about this and express yourselves and hear each other. That just, I'm like, holy shit. I'm so impressed. I would not have done this at your age. I just didn't give a shit. My dad died when I was 42. And at that time, I was doing pretty good. But my dad, I was born, lived, and he died without ever telling me he was proud of me one time in my whole life, ever. Graduated number one in my class, went to school on a football scholarship. But I figured out Sometimes you got to give yourself what you wish you could get from somebody else. And so I decided I got to star in my own life. And I hope all of y'all do that and decide what kind of star you want to be. I just wanted to um, sort of like make a statement or ask in the field as a way of making a step towards bridging, um, I guess, the political divide on campus um, with a, a thing that was talked about, about screenshots in a group chat, um, currently a of that member, we've talked to him. Um, he's scared for his life because he said something that was he believed was in a private group chat. I think a great step forward in showing trust in both sides is our member and um, your member would like to meet and talk it out personally and try to resolve it. I think that'd be a great, great step forward in just sort of resolving a conflict that shouldn't be uh, such big of an issue that it's become. That specific member who made the most atrocious comments, I knew him personally. Like, we weren't necessarily friends, but, like, we would say hi to each other on campus. I will not talk to him. Like, I, there's, like, bridging gaps and everything, but I also know that I don't owe him anything. Like, the things that he said, shouldn't, I should, no one should ever have to hear or read those things, ever. So he does not owe me talking to him, and I will not talk to him. I've been doing this for 45 years, and I never put an abuser and their victim together.
unless the victim asked for that. And it sounds like you were abused in some way by this person. But I would really encourage you to forgive him for yourself. You have to let it go for you. You don't have to tell him you've let it go, because if not, you and this person, whoever it is and whatever he said, you and he are locked in a bond forever unless you decide, I'm unwilling to invest any more energy in you ever, not one whit, I'm out. Or you're going to stay locked in a bond. And I hope you get to the point where you can do that. And I'm going to challenge you. You tell your friend that he has to earn and deserve her and their acceptance of his apology. He actually has to come on bended knee and say, I was an idiot. What I did was wrong. As I was waiting for you to say, not only does he feel awful, but he will do something positively to make a difference in their lives. Go write an article where you acknowledge to the community that you made a mistake. And until he's willing to give that additional commitment, they don't owe him anything. And I'm not saying what she should do with him. I'm just being selfish on your behalf. And whatever he does or doesn't do, you need to take your power back and set yourself free. Rise above this. If he does the right thing, great. If he doesn't, too bad. You need to let yourself go and take your power back. And this is what you want to use. These are the words that work. These are the words that influence people. The most powerful word in the English language is the word imagine. When you ask people to imagine life at perfection, every one of you has a different dream. Every one of you has a different visualization. And every one of you is correct. Restoring human dignity is brand new. And it's more of a word on this side than it is this side. And I will tell you all, start using it because it's a word that they appreciate because it means something to them. It means genuine respect. By the way, stop with this diversity. I say this to you all. You realize that diversity to you means something completely different to them. This is your lexicon, y'all. It works for everyone. Don't just say things because it sounds good to you. Say things that actually have an impact. I guess my question is, in the, I guess, united effort to fix problems that are currently happening or kind of make the future a better place, how do you make an impact on people that are reluctant to hear what you have to say? And how can you actually have a conversation with people that care more about winning an argument than solving a problem? I'm not going to have an argument with someone who has stopped listening. That's a waste of time. I want to know what your issues are. I want to know what your priorities are. Maybe I'll try to move you. Maybe I won't. But it begins with knowing what's on your mind, really knowing what's in your heart. And if I don't know that, I cannot be effective. You know, for me, it's finding out what their currency is. Even a two-year-old kid, they've got a currency. It may be their little lovey blanket. Everybody has a currency. And if you'll listen, they'll tell you what's urgently relevant to them. Some people talk in feeling terms. And if you'll really see it through their eyes and meet them where they are, then you can really get across. And I learned a long time ago to quit telling people they need help. <laughs> I started telling them what they deserve. And that made a big difference.
Well, first of all, thank you both for just engaging in this conversation. I think it's really great that so many people are here and it seems like it's the loudest voices on campus. But I, I, I think about the silent middle. Um, I think about just the people who maybe don't feel comfortable or like confident enough to engage in the space. Sometimes I was just like, why aren't we talking as much policy? Like why, like it, it went to character so fast. And I think this exercise was like really cool in terms of just like being able to look people in the eye and say, I trusted them. But how do we move from a space where we can get more people to engage? Because that's how change is going to happen. It's not going to keep happening if it's just us. Feel safe. You got to make them feel safe to do it. And that means meeting them where they are instead of asking them to meet you where you are. Or ask them what's important to them. Listen, 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 and bring them along. And you got to be curious and let them know that you really want to understand them. If I want to engage people from the UK, I know that I have to make fun of the US. So the way that I do a focus group is I begin with, tell me the thing you hate most about America. And they feel so bad when they're done trashing America that for the rest of it, they wanna tell me what I'm asking for. Humility goes so much farther than pride. I think it's interesting that a lot of what we talked about has kind of like stemmed from issues of social media, the internet, like that, that seems to be a problem. But uh, I'm curious, cause you talk about how our generation, we have so much information like readily available. We can make friends with anyone on the other side of the world. You talk about cyberbullying. Um, where's the balance? Like how much, how much trust do we really have to put in social media? Or is it, is it more of a problem that prevents us from doing things like this? Well, I just finished the 20th season of my show. And when I started it, there wasn't any Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, none of that existed. I think it's a trade-off that I think is coming at a very high price in terms of interpersonal skills. I'm really worried about it. You know, they call it WWW, the World Wide Web. I think it's the wild, wild web. I think the fact that it's so unregulated. And people think, I, I read it on the internet, so it's gotta be true. Bullshit, it's not true. People trust the web more than they trust their own doctor. Yeah. That's when you know you got a problem. The people who are not vaccinated right now, and it's still more than 20% of America, the number one source of information for them is the web. And 83% of all statistics are made up on the spot. That's right. <laughs> and this was part of the 17%. Based on what you have seen here today, do you feel that there's actual hope for bridging that that gap between us, do you have hope for our generation? Because I know you don't, but one day I really hope you will. I have more hope because of this conversation. Some of you are bright as hell, and I want you in my class. I'm listening to how you're putting forward your arguments and the stuff that you know. For those of you who sat here and did not participate, I don't know why. Because you're not going to make things better unless you get involved. The tension back and forth is unnecessary. Cut it out for those of you who are participating in it. But I think you're getting a good education, I hope so. And it is such a, it really is a privilege to be able to do this. And you have no idea how great it is to sit next to him. Well, just know I'm more optimistic than he is and know that I'm working on him. And I gotta tell you, he's, 
he's, he's moving a little bit. Like I said, I hear what isn't said, and I think there've been a lot of people that didn't comment that have really been processing a lot of what's going on tonight. And I think the fact that they're here is participating. I really commend those that are here, even if you didn't talk tonight. It, that's a lot of effort to be here on a Friday night, come listen to a couple of old guys talking. I mean, that's pretty good. So I give everybody credit for being here. And I am optimistic about this generation. I'm more optimistic after tonight than I was before I got here, and I was optimistic before I got here. So thank you all for coming. <laughs>